the most poignant seven words ever uttered in any speech anywhere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. So I will never give up. To be honored with this, I now have a responsibility to also not ever give up. And that speech, don't give up, don't ever give up, has created what we're here today. Because of all the donations, research, and support, mine is one of the lives that's been saved. He is Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio this morning, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about Ooh. us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio and also ESPNU. We're going to get to the issues of Zion Williamson, and maybe Zion Williams has finally seen the light. We do that in a couple of minutes, but it's one of our favorite days of the year. What always makes this day special about ESPN, meaning ESP Day 2023, is that you are a big part of that. When you donate to the V Foundation, you can feel good about your investment because 100% of your donation goes to cancer research because the V Foundation has an endowment that covers all administrative expenses. That means 100% of what you give goes directly to the all-star cancer researchers working so hard to find a cure. And Charity Navigator, the leading charity evaluator, raced the V Foundation as a four-star charity, placing the V Foundation in the top 2% of all charities. By the way, the V Foundation funds research for all cancer types at leading cancer centers and research facilities nationwide. So to learn more, because you know you want to, and to give because you know you want to, go to v.org slash donate today. That is v.org slash donate today. We've got a lot of tweets from people. Sharing their stories. For example, especially mm. we played Stuart Scott's speech. We did that about 45 minutes ago. And also we played Jim Valvano's speech, Jimmy V's speech in the 6 o'clock hour. Wait, Freddie, before you get to some of these stories, I have a staggering stat for you. Okay. Megan Judge, who's with us here, who works with us does on the V Foundation, job. does a fantastic job here with us at ESPN. And the stat says this. The V Foundation has awarded almost $68.1 million mm. in pediatric cancer research grants. 203 wow. grants all time 68.1 million dollars like that's it that's mm-hmm. that's incredible and still going by the way when you start hearing about grants and how they're delivered absolutely I mean, 203 grants all time already yeah, and, and, and all, still going and still going and only more to come venom said woke up not feeling it today Stu scott's speech changed that really appreciate you guys having a chance to play that speech chicago sports fan says i'm not an emotional guy but hearing the speeches from Coach Valvano, Stuart Scott, Robin Roberts, and Dickie V, they get me every time. When people share their stories, it, if it, it doesn't have to inspire you. It doesn't have to motivate you, but it's going to create some kind of feeling. And those kind of feelings, even if you don't donate, and even if you do donate, that matters in this fight against cancer. That is a, a continuing and never-ending fight. But cancer's not going to give up, and neither can we. I mean, we've heard st- – Hearing all these just make me extremely emotional. You know, to, to know that Stuart Scott, Craig Sager, um, absolutely the amount of people that we've we've lost to this, um, it, it makes it so difficult to even put into words. Freddie, uh, just once again, I know you and I have talked a lot about Stuart Scott. Like there are millions of people out there who are struggling with this fight. You know, a, a guy who I've known since I've been seventeen years old. Is uh, and we're going to find out results today. Praying for you, Dickie V. Amen. Um, yep. You know, hopefully they come back negative. But he's dealt with this once already, um, and I even find that the irony there in the fight that he's put up and how he's been one of the loudest voices 
around campaigning for this. And I, I remember watching college basketball, still a huge fan of the sport all the time, and how he would stop games in the middle of the game. Like, there'd be a big game going on. And it would just turn into, like, no, it's not about this game. It's about the bigger game of life. Absolutely. And I need for you to give. And the passion he has behind his voice. Um, and now hearing him go through the fight of potentially not being able to talk. Um, it just it, it gives you all the zest and the passion behind why we're doing what we're doing, Freddie. And by the way, the Dick Vitale Pediatric Cancer Research Fund has awarded through the V Foundation almost $68.1 million in pediatric cancer research grants. That includes 203 grants all time. And you're right. He not only continues to be a champion for the V Foundation's pediatric cancer research efforts, but he gets right in because he raised, meaning Dick Vitale, he raised more than $11 million in 2022 he's not just talking about it he's being about it he's not new to this he brings truth to this when it comes to dick vital and he continues his fight in his battle versus cancer i mean every single year he has people down at his house mm-hmm. in south florida you know they do a huge fundraiser and he promotes it all the time unapologetically and it should be unapologetically um and some of the biggest athletes some of the biggest coaches in all sports some of the biggest entertainers come down there and it's all for the kids. It's all for people to try to give back. That's what it's about, man. No doubt about this. So continue to do, it doesn't matter how little or how big, just continue to give, learn more, go to V.org slash donate today. Part of SB's 2023 involving the V foundation with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN radio as well as ESPNU. We do not forget about sports on a day like today. We put those things together. We meld those things together. As president comes to Zion Williams, who was trying to meld things together to be a guy that's going to be better to be back on the basketball court so he doesn't have to hear the, the words inability or non-availability when it comes to the game that he presents because when he's out there, he is magical and he is special. When he was on Gil's Arena podcast, hosted by Gilbert Arena's former NBA player, he talked about his biggest issues keeping him off the court to do his thing. So the diet piece, uh, I'm always able to come back each summer feeling good, looking good. But I would say it's more of uh, just locking in on like flexibility, band work, because I think it's those things that will be able to keep me on the court longer versus just losing a bunch of weight. I don't want to be on the sideline. Y'all think I want to sit over there hurt? I don't. Like I said, uh, like Coach K taught me, got to own up to my responsibilities. There are a lot of things I could have done better that I didn't, and I'm in the process of you know, fixing those wrongs. So when Richard Jefferson, ESPN NBA analyst on NBA Today, when he heard that yesterday, he said this. I'm going to be really honest. I don't think Zion knows what he's doing. I don't think he knows how to do it. There's no, never been anything that can prove us, right? Does he need to look like me? No. Does he need to look like Perk? No. Hey. But he spent more time looking like Perk than he has me over the course of his NBA career. Hey. So to tell me that this man knows what he's doing is, oh, I think it's band word. And I, bro, you've missed two and a half seasons. If we go back to Duke, you've missed more basketball than you've played. So I'm not going to sit up here and listen to him and make me believe that he knows what to do to get back on the court. Because if that's the case, why? Why has it never been done? Can't disagree with RJ, can you? I nope. mean, the, the reality is, as much as I appreciate the accountability that's been taken by Zion with that statement, the proof is in the pudding, Freddie, and the proof is on the floor. So when I hear Zion talk about I've surrounded myself with individuals that can provide me wisdom, I'm like, good, okay, good. Like, so what, what you should have done yeah, that. Yeah, like, so now what is he going to do about it? I should have done that, Freddie. A lot of us 
should have done that, right? right? Like, and a lot of times, what you hear from star players is sometimes they're so gifted that they're able to kind of get through some of the troubling times of their careers because they are gifted until they figure it out. Right. Something happens and it's like, boom, got it. So, look, I want Zion to win. I think he is a special gift. I think he is a generational talent when he is on the floor. But it all comes down to discipline. Discipline is the biggest word in Zion's lexicon, okay? Because it comes down to here are my daily habits, band work, eating habits, working out with the trainer that the team provides, mm-hmm. finding a way to have communication with the general manager, the president, people on the staff, creating a culture where everybody looks at you and says, yeah, you are our leader. You are around long enough to lead. You know, some of the things that you hear about Zion is that, you know, when the season's done, he's poof, he's gone, right? Like he's working out with his own individual trainer. You know, Griffin, the president, has no idea what he's really doing outside those walls in New Orleans to be locked in with the franchise, lock in step, to have alignment communication-wise, discipline-wise, eating habit-wise, band work, yoga work. Show me that. If you show me that and then you still get hurt, I can't say anything. Right. But you need to see that. You need to see it. Zion needs to see it for himself. And I'll say this. I'm not going to make any excuses because there are no excuses anymore when it comes to Zion Williamson. You might have been able to get away with that your first year in the NBA, year two. Four and five, you don't want to be the people. You don't want to be the guy that people look at and say, "Yep, he's not going to figure this out. He's going to be his own worst enemy when it comes to staying on the basketball court." So I go back to what you said, and I said, "Okay, all those things. Now, what are you going to do about it? It can't just be I'm going to do it for five days. All right, I've done enough work, and I should be good for the next five days." It's a constant, 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 constant thing that you have to do, and you shouldn't need someone to tell you that now if you're Zion Williamson. Because when I hear that from him, it sounds like he's trying to find another excuse. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, you know, okay. now, now i got people around me. Now I know what to do. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You should know what to do because you've done it this way and it hasn't worked in terms of mm. standing on the basketball court. You should not need someone to tell you that's older than you, hey, don't eat that or don't do that or don't slight yourself when you're working out to be the kind of guy you want to be. You're old enough, Zion Williamson. We're not talking about a 12-year-old kid here. We're talking about a grown man now that's grown up in the public eye. So now it's time to really grow up. You have to tell Zion Williamson, meaning Zion, not somebody else, about what you know exactly what to do to stay out there and be healthier on a basketball court. I want you to react to something. You tell me if you think this is the kiss of death, okay? This ought to be good. Hit me. Somebody around that organization that I have full confidence in for the man he is, and for the player he was, okay? Him and I have been having conversations, and when I got told this, it was shocking. And I think it's the biggest question going into the 23-24 season for me to watch with Zion Williamson. Okay. Zion Williamson loves basketball. I don't know if Zion Williamson loves the work to put into basketball to be the player that we think he can be. That, that's what was said to me. I'm not That's gonna, what was said yeah, to me, and I was okay. like, ooh. So what did you think? How much did I'm you not, agree with I'm that? I'm not around the organization enough okay. to see the things that this individual has seen. Okay. On the outside looking in and from the people I talked to, it was a pseudo question that I had. 
I didn't see that at Duke. I thought he loved the game at Duke. But once again, the culture at Duke was very different. You can make the case that sometimes when you're at Duke and you're with Coach K, it's a major benefit because it teaches you the right way to go about doing things. But then when you go to the league and you go to a bad culture, Mm. it's the wild, wild west. Right. Right. All gloves are off. And now it's like you're out there trying to figure out things on your own and you're surrounded by the people that Coach K does such a great job of insulating you from. Mm -hmm. Now those people are in your ear a lot more. And there's a tendency if you're young and a little bit lack of maturity with that, you tendency to listen to them because you're around them more. Right. Right. I hear you. So you're only the byproduct of your surroundings. So I think navigating through that, that's the answer I want to see. That's the question I want to see answered this year. I'll say this real quick. If Zion Williamson, we can say whatever you want about John Morant. If Zion Williamson have his worth ethic, we're not having this conversation. You can question John Morant off the basketball court. I do not question his work ethic being a basketball player. I've seen that. If Zion Williamson had half of that, we're not having this conversation mm-hmm. about a guy who was taken above John Morant in that NBA draft when they were in that same draft class. Does he seem like a guy to you that doesn't love to put the work into the game? Right now, my gut says no, that he doesn't seem to be that guy. I hope to be wrong. Talking about it is cheap. Be about it when it comes to Zion Williamson. See, because be Kobe used to always say like L-T-L-T-M. Learn to love the mud. Mm-hmm. Learn to love the mud. Right. Like in the trenches. People don't like to get dirty. Yeah. They don't like to do the hard stuff. Yeah. You learn to love that. Yeah. You're going to be different. Yeah. And he's going to be the Zion Williamson that could be a superhuman, mm-hmm. which we've seen before, but not as often in an NBA court. Great stuff by Jay Williams. Hit him on Twitter at Real Jay Williams. And Freddie Coleman hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, part of ESPN Radio, as well as ESPNU and Series X and Channel 80. We switch gears to the National Football League and Boy, there's a new article out there in ESPN.com that has everybody going, oh, not again in the NFL. The author of that article joins us next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Stevie Wonder bringing us in today with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman. I think Jay's feeling good about a little sign seal delivered by Stevie Wonder on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 8 and ESPNU. The reason he's feeling good is that an article has got him going, wow, it is titled, He Was Free and Clear. I'm spinning, Freddie. Yes, you really are. And NFL people connecting NFL spinning about this article, how the leak of John Gruden's email led to the fall of Commander's owner, Dan Snyder, one of the two people that had that article that put it out there today on ESPN.com when it dropped at 7 a.m. Eastern time is Seth Wickersham, ESPN senior writer. Great to have him to talk about this article here on ESPN Radio. The article's fantastic, Seth. I can't wait to read it again about the things that I missed. When you were putting everything together with Don Van Natta Jr., 
What's the one thing that jumped out of you that left your eyes being bulging out of your head to say, I can't believe that was going on with the NFL? <laughs> um, well, first of all, thanks, gentlemen. It's good to have you guys. It's good to join you guys. Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think that, like, obviously our goal with the story was to try to show how we got to this point where Dan Snyder's on the verge of selling a team that he swore that he would never sell. Um, I think there's a lot of things that jump out, but one of them that um, I think Don and I both really thought was fascinating was back in June of 2001. And to set the context for you, Beth Wilkinson, a famed attorney, was investigating the team, had investigated Dan Snyder and the Washington team for cultural issues. And uh, Dan Snyder and his lawyers gave what was expected to be a defense at the league offices um, to preempt her her investigation. And um, in front of league executives, instead of presenting a defense about whatever it was that was in her report, which was, of course, buried, we never really found out what was in it, what followed was a slideshow of screenshots and emails of – you know, off-color or sort of vaguely embarrassing um, things that league executives had sent over the years. And it was a stunning, stunning presentation. Um, The point from Dan Snyder's lawyers was to try to argue that there was hypocrisy in the league office for judging Snyder. But those tactics were so ruthless that even some of his own attorneys felt uncomfortable And although none of the content in those things was sexist or anti-gay or graphic, the signal was clear. It was that if Goodell didn't do what Snyder wanted in terms of handling the Wilkinson investigation, those emails and those texts would be leaked. And it became known in in league circles as the blackmail PowerPoint. And, of course, those emails were leaked um, before the end of of 2001. I'm sorry, Seth. I'm just writing that down. The blackmail PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, this thing gets spicier and spicier each time I read about it. Seth, can you give me a description? Obviously, there was a, a moment in time in which you know we saw a video of Jay-Z and Roger Goodell uh, talk about this alignment between Rock Nation and the NFL around social injustice, right? And we know the deal to be $25 million and obviously halftime entertainment shows, things to bring more awareness around these social injustices happening in our country. Can you describe a little bit of the role that I see here in the article with Desiree Perez, who is the CEO of Rock Nation? Yeah, it's been an interesting partnership. I mean, obviously the league needed help and they felt like they needed help. They were kind of reeling from the 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 fall when president Trump at the time came after the league, um, they felt like they needed to figure out a way to be a proactive about social inequality and police brutality. And a lot of these issues that are on the forefront of the public and a lot of the players minds. So they partner with rock nation. And um, in some ways, I think that people think it's been a fantastic partnership. Obviously the halftime shows have, um, you know, hit another level the past couple of years with Rock Nation producing them. Um, but the CEO, Desiree Perez, who's been an interesting kind of figure in the entertainment industry, she's, you know, wildly successful and also a little controversial. There's, you know, she, she had kind of, she's overcome a criminal past and she's become one of the most powerful executives. And 
she's become very close to Roger Goodell and a trusted confidant, and she sits on the board of the Washington Commanders. And so we have reporting that shows that she was in kind of in the middle of all this stuff, even though she denies it and denies even knowing anything about the leaked emails. But she and a New York law firm named Reed Smith, which to us, again, denied um, involvement, were they were all kind of involved about a decade ago, allegedly, in leaking documents to reporters and putting private investigators on MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred um, on behalf of Alex Rodriguez in his suit against Major League Baseball. And you know, we have legal sources who essentially say that the band got back together with this and you know, we're trying to help out Dan Snyder um, get himself back into the good graces with the league with these emails. <laughs> Seth Wickersham, ESPN yeah. senior writer, joining us here on ESPN Radio, Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman this morning. Seth, um, was this during, you know, when all this was happening, that's also I think when I saw Roger Goodell, this is not a report, but I'm just kind of timeline basis here. It's also when I saw Roger Goodell appear on Emmanuel Acho's show. Um, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Well, not about that show. It was when he uh, he was talking about what it is to to be black and things of that sort. And he was talking about, you know, as a black child in his family. Was all that around the same time when NFL was going through all this attacks by Trump and things of that sort? Um, that I don't know. I mean, you know, Don Van Adden and I covered, you know, those anthem protests um, quite extensively during the fall of 2017. Obviously, we reported on, you know, when Bob McNair said we can't have the inmates running the prison. Yeah. Yep. Um, that particular detail um, when Roger Goodell was on that show and, and what he said, I don't, I don't have any recollection of that or any insight into it. Okay. Um, go ahead, Freddie. No, one of the things I, I thought about with this article, and I said, and Jay will back mm-hmm. me up on this, Seth, we know the NFL loves two things, money and power. They're not going to let anything or anybody get in the way. But it still boggles my mindset that they protected Daniel Snyder this long. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, Van Natta and I and Tisha Thompson wrote a story in the fall about, you know, Dan Snyder bragging that he had dirt on people and talking about how he might put private eyes on people, um, you know, other owners and, and Roger Goodell. I mean, you know, it has baffled owners around the league and executives at what it seemed like that they were that the league was like going out of its way to protect him. Remember when Dan Snyder had his quote unquote punishment, we report in this story that he was essentially dictating his punishment yep. down to word choices in the press release, which never even used the word suspension. And I think that one of the people who had definitely noticed the way that you know, we know in Roger Goodell's NFL that owners will be treated differently than coaches and players. Like, that's clear. Um, but even among owners, there's discrepancies in how they perceive that they're treated. And, you know, the beginning of our story is a phone call with Roger Goodell, Jeff Pash, the general counsel of the NFL, and Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders. And, and, um, Goodell and Pash are basically saying, you got to do something about this because the Gruden emails are about to come out. That's a horrible look for the league. You got to do something. And Davis felt like that this was a setup, like he was like collateral damage in some sort of bigger war right. between the league and, you know, its efforts to protect Dan Snyder of all owners. And after they hung up the call, um, Davis later told John Gruden, F the NFL and F Dan Snyder.
Wow. So one last thing before we let you go. I know John Gruden is now suing the league and Goodell over the leaks in Nevada State Court. Uh, he said in a statement to ESPN, quote, it's ridiculous the league thought they could cherry pick emails from years ago when I wasn't even a coach and tried to end my career, end quote. It's a legitimate point, Seth. Uh, you think he has a legitimate case to win? Well, he's he's won a lot of the motions. I mean, well, time will tell. We'll see. It's it's in the state of Nevada, and there's a motion that's right now in front of the Nevada Supreme Court. Um, but, um, you know, he points the finger right at Roger Goodell for leaking. And one of the coincidences in this story that even league executives privately acknowledge as they deny that the league or Goodell leaked the emails is that on a Monday in October of – I'm sorry, early in the week in October of 21 – the league, which had had these emails and sorted through them, brought some of the the more controversial and offensive ones to Roger Goodell, summaries of them for him to look at. He saw them, and they were supposed to remain confidential. Within days, the Wall Street Journal had one of those emails. And days after that, the New York Times had more of them. And so even league officials know that the coincidence of that timing isn't a great look and I think that that's kind of the basis of John Gruden's lawsuit, pointing the, the finger at Roger Goodell, saying that he was the one who had it out for me and who personally leaked these emails, which the NFL denies categorically. It is a fascinating and fantastic article titled, He Was Free and Clear, How the Leak of John Gruden's Email Led to the Fall of the Commander's Owner, Dan Snyder. One of the guys that wrote that piece is Seth Wickersham, ESPN senior writer. Great follow on Twitter at Seth Wickersham, joining Freddie Coleman and Jay Williams on ESPN Radio. Seth, great stuff, my man. Continued success. Thanks so much. You take care and be well, my man. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate you guys. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. He's Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio and also ESPNU. And if you're able, please join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Go to v.org slash donate right now. v.org slash donate right now because 100% of your donation goes directly to game-changing cancer research. So if you're able, it doesn't matter how much, doesn't matter how little, please give by going to v.org slash donate and do that right now. Thank you. We're going to react to Seth Wickersham with a great article, co a great article titled, 
He was free and clear how the leak of John Gruden's email led to the fall of Commanders owner Dan Snyder. We're going to react to that article in about 10 minutes. But Jimmy V has that speech. Everybody knows about that speech. Everybody's heard about that speech. And it's a speech you can never, ever get enough of as we celebrate 30 years of SBESB Day, courtesy of the Jimmy V Foundation and that speech at the ESPYs. If you missed it the first time, here's a chance to hear a little bit of it right now. If you don't get inspired, we don't know what to say to you. This is an ESPN Jim Balbano conference. If there's anything I can get done in fundraising and cancer research, that's what I want to do. And that really is a speech. That were the beginnings of the speech. It's hard to believe it's 30 years. It still hurts. I saw him in the clinic that morning. He was sick and he said, I'm going to New York. No way, shape, or form did I ever feel that he was going to go on. He says, Dick, Dick, just you guys get me up on that stage. I get chills thinking about it. This is like divine intervention, adrenaline. It was almost like the cancer left his body for 10 minutes. I remember just being in awe of what was being said. Time is very precious to me. I don't know how much I have left, and I have some things that I would like to say. It was the story of his life, but I think the thing that's amazing is what that speech has done in this world. Every speech he'd ever given. Don't ever give up every game he'd ever coached, every relationship he had formed, every joke he had ever delivered. 30 seconds like I care about that screen right now, huh? It was all encapsulated in that moment. He was born to give that speech. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. That's part of the trailer, part of SC Feature that premieres tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time on ESPN. SC Feature, the speech shares the details of Jim Valvano's life that became encapsulated in one incredible moment of determination to deliver his message to the world and launch a foundation that continues to work to achieve his final dream, find a cure for cancer. That is the SC feature tonight, the speech. After that, the ESPYs on ESP on ABC, excuse me, 8 o'clock Eastern time. That feature, I can't see the trailer. It talks about everything from deciding to do the speech to being up there, Finding the strength, it's a fantastic behind-the-scenes or led to a great American moment, not just in sports, but in speech history by Jim Valvano. I remember one of the first times ever hearing Coach K talk about Jimmy V. It was my freshman year, and he was reiterating the story that you just heard about being on a plane with Jimmy V and how drastically sick he looked in that moment and how he kept repeating to himself, there's no way that Jimmy's going to be able to speak at the ESPYs. And then just hearing Jimmy's voice, get me up on that stage. Right. Like, get me. Like, that will, that determination, that drive, right, to hear Coach K say it almost felt as if the cancer left his body Mm -hmm. in that moment. It was about something so much bigger than Jimmy. And seeing how that affected Coach K, how it affected Dickie V, obviously, to, you know, continue to build this campaign with ESPN and everybody in the audience. I mean, it is one of the most touching things I've ever heard in my life and it still sits with me and I still use his speech for kids out there when I go to camps right for even my own children damn I even tell it to myself Freddie a lot of times when I feel like quitting or I feel frustrated or people who are frustrated with their jobs it really puts things in perspective when you think that you have problems you're like hold on a second Let me take a step back here there are people who have bigger problems and that's their outlook absolutely that's how they look at it 
okay, let me learn from them. I always wonder what was going through his mind being up there on that stage. It's a one question. Somebody always will ask, if you could ask somebody one question, what would it be? That would be the one question, if I had a chance to ask that, of the late great Jim Valvano. When you were up there, knowing that that strength was not where you wanted to be, but you knew that you felt you had to be up there, not just accepting an award, but just putting yourself out there to say, this is what I'm dealing with. Here's the face of it right here. I wonder what was going through his mind being up there because you know that energy was radiating from the crowd yes. to him and gave him strength. I would love to know what was going through his mind. I think he was just in it. He was in it. I mean, look, a fellow New Jersey person here, right? I grew up on Rutgers basketball. Hearing him tell the story about being the Rutgers coach uh-huh. and about how he walked in that locker room, how he had been practicing this speech all day from Notre Dame football, right? Uh-huh. And like, hey, we're Notre Dame football. Like, he's like, no, I'm actually the Rutgers basketball. <laughs> he met, like, he was such a prolific storyteller. And it had meaning, right? You yep, could tell no there was doubt. passion behind it. And, and then, like I said before, the way he ended the speech, Freddie, you know, it, it can't take my heart. It can't yep. take my mind. No doubt. It can't take my soul. That, that says it for itself. You know? Yeah, this thing about the two inspiring moments that Jim Valvano was a part of on the basketball court, that miracle run in 1983 with North Carolina State. And running on the court with his arms up, not knowing who to hug. Trying to find somebody to hug, and everybody was hugging each other, part of survive in advance because he made that popular. They had to survive in advance just getting the NCAA tournament. Then they beat Virginia as a part of that in the NCAA tournament, the last time that Ralph Sams had a chance to go to the Final Four. Then they get there, and they have a chance to play Houston. Nobody thought for one second – they were going to win that game. And the late Lorenzo Charles getting that, that missed shot by Derek Wittenberg and putting it in the basket. Well, Derek says it was a pass. He's he still, can, he, I, I, Derek's I, been owning that for like 35, 40 years I, now. I'm like, I, Derek, I, I've known Derek It Wittenberg. was a shot. You were a shooter like me. Yeah, exactly. You got it up. I've known Derek Wittenberg since so we played against each other on the basketball courts in the 80s in New York City. I've seen that brother shoot. There was no way that was a pass because we barely saw him pass, much less anything else. When Derek had the ball in his hands, that ball was going up, shoot not to shoot. the human being, to the basket. It was going to the basket, but Lorenzo Charles was there. Two great moments Jim Valvano has been involved in. That in 1983, and then 10 years later at the ESPYs, and here it is 30 years later, and his impact is still enormous when it comes to that. Like we mentioned, keep being a supporter of the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Go to V.org slash donate because 100% of your donation goes directly to game-changing cancer research. Go to V.org slash donate. Jay Williams, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio as well as Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. We're going to react to that article that has plenty of people talking in the National Football League about so many things that were hid or put out in front involving Washington Commanders former owner Dan Snyder, former coach John Gruden, and emails in the NFL. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This is ESPN Radio. I'm sure the NFL is feeling like that verse right now. <laughs> I can't believe they put out that article about us and losing a game. That's what they're talking about right now with the article written by Don Van Natta, Jr. Seth Wickersham title. He was free and clear. How the leak of John Gruden's email led to the fall of commanders on the Dan Snyder with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Sirius XM Channel 80, and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Just reading this Damn, article. Freddie, I thought you were about to start rapping right there. You almost you, that sounds, look, you, a lot you got, of that got you hype. A, a lot I of saw that, you bouncing. I, I, I saw I, the lyrics I, I, almost yeah, start to come out. No, put it this and way, and then it just kind of faded. He's at, like, nah. At least I can understand. Some of that is like like the Dick Tracy character mumbles. That's not one of those. Some <laughs> it of that was a little fast. It was a little fast. Fast and good with because you can be the fastest MC. Young MC kind of started that whole thing. Yeah. Same thing with Big Daddy Kane, Eric B, and Rakim. But some of these guys in this day and age, man, they've gone from English to whatever that is. At least some of that I can understand. It's like a new version of Ebonics, and I, I'm with you. I ain't here for it because it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, so all right, I, I guess... I, I, call it mum- I call it mumble <laughs> hip-hop because they're mumbling through, and I get it. That's what some people like. I'm not criticizing. It's just not for me. But that I can understand. Yeah. His flow is going at least 130 beats per minute. I, got I can all, understand. All those out there got that. me like LeBron James. Like, My man Brock get all the music yeah. early and still drop the video. Like, I, yeah. Nine. See, this is why I blame Buster Rhymes for this. Because Buster Yo, Rhymes did different, it man. and was spectacular at it. And now everybody thinks they can do it. Yo, I tell you, I saw him in Lovers and Friends and I was like, oh, I was oh. on the stage, mm-hmm. oh, yeah? and I watched him riff for like two and a half, three minutes Can't straight. I put my thing. clock on, yeah. and I mm-hmm. was like, yo, he gave me like 50 thoughts in Easily. the span of two minutes. I was Easily. like, I don't I didn't know what shape, to think. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's it, you you, you got to be in mouth shape, and you got to be in, in mouth, lungs in shape. Mouth shape. Seriously. You, hey, no, yo, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. No, come on yep. now. now. Don't, don't be childish now. Nope. I've never heard that one before. Who says you have to be in mouth shape? For Buster Rhymes to do what he did, and for what we just heard, sure, Freddie, you got to act whatever, I like, guess. Uh, but Seth Wickersham, uh, said yeah, exactly. Seth Wickersham. Speak, speaking football, of being please. getting us in shape, oh, now Activating. he wants to get the football. I, I don't want to touch. No, I'm not going to say I'm, that. I'm moving on from it already. I've already moved on from it. Seth we're Wickersham, building. No, we're not. Seth Wickersham, ESPN senior writer. He's the one we're that building. co-wrote the article oh with God. Don Vanatta Jr. This is what happens around childish people. He wrote the article. He was free and clear. Speaking of being around childish people, how the leak of John Gruden's email led to the fall of commanders on a Dan Snyder. He even said when he joined us about 25 minutes ago that the owners don't know why the NFL is protecting the aforementioned Dan Snyder. Mm. It has baffled owners around the league and executives at what it seemed like that they were that the league was like going out of its way to protect him. Remember when Dan Snyder had his quote unquote punishment, he was essentially dictating his punishment yep. down to word choices in the press release, which never even used the word suspension. I mean, one of the things that Seth on top of what you just heard. And I, I wrote it down because I've never heard the terminology used before. Right. Where he goes all the way back to 2001, where he was saying there was a slide screen show that they put together about all the things that have been done by the NFL. And it, it called it the blackmail slideshow. I never pa- heard that the blackmail PowerPoint. Right. Right. Like the history that goes back here with Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell in the league. And the jockeying of power reminds me so much of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, like, no I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, right? Like, every single episode, it was like, well, who's going to be king now? And 
who's trying to backdoor, back channel it. Yeah, the who's NFL trying to control narratives. Yeah, the NFL's and, definitely the White Walkers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no First, question. And, and I think that's what we're witnessing. So to see how John Gruden comes into that, and you know, you're reading John Gruden's comments on it, and I, I say once again, quote, it's ridiculous the league thought they could cherry pick emails from years ago. When I wasn't even a coach and try to end my career, right? at a minimum, I deserve the opportunity to respond and receive some due process. As much as I, end quote, as much as I disagree with the comments that, have, that were leaked by yeah. John Gruden, right. this is a valid point. Mm-hmm. This is about, there's validity yeah. in his point. Right, because the NFL right now is treating John Gruden like Jon Snow. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're, they're treating him like Jon Snow right now, and he's not having it. Because he, it's not like he said he didn't say it. He's basically suing the NFL so he can have his day. Yes. To explain it away. He's not saying that those emails that were attached to him were not from him, did not include his words. He's just wondering why he was one thrown on the sword. Well, it was like the, well, you can't say wrong place, wrong time, but it was no, like, you can't. It was like collateral damage Absolutely. to a degree. And, and, right? It's like, hey, well, look, we have this. We have this bevy of information. Absolutely. Here's what here's what's at our disposal. Uh-huh. Here's how we can activate it. Oh, you want to play that game? Right. Boom, we'll play that game. Right. There you go. Yeah. Deal with that. And I know if I'm John Gruden, I'm looking at this and saying, so let me get this straight. The dude you're protecting over me is him? Is him? Is that? Dan Snyder? Yeah, not him. That? You're protecting that over me. I'm not saying that I'm right. Or that he's saying I'm less wrong than Dan Snyder. That's what he's saying. In a whole complete pile of wrong that was going on with these emails, that's John's grueling defense. Wait a minute. I got thrown on the sword because you protected him? A guy that was in charge of a toxic culture for 15 to 20 years? Well, the problem with the two, Fred, is I remember, you know, last year or a year and a half ago while we were doing the show, when they made the announcement that Jason Wright was going to be the president of the commanders and Jason Wright is definitely built for the job, right? No Jason job. Wright, African American, obviously his history within business speaks for itself, especially in that city. Yes, that it validates for him for the position, right? And and Key and I were talking about the fact that it's like, damn, that's the job. That's the job. Right? Like, there's a lot that comes with that job for face value. Hey, we're trying to change the culture, absolutely. But it almost felt like your arm, his Daniel Stiles' arm, had to be twisted to the point. But now we're going to do it. For optics, right? Now, you can't knock the opportunity because yeah. it's a massive opportunity. Now look what it's going to lead to. Obviously, Josh Harris' company closing the bid. They're going to finalize that. Jason Wright in a great position. But, man, yeah. the situation that occurred under, you're like, damn. Yeah. yeah, The NFL is the only place where you can be Jerry Richardson and Dan Snyder and sell your team and make more money than when you bought it. <laughs> the only place. You could not pull that off. You're anywhere. being rewarded yes. for this type of behavior. You're being rewarded for being a less than human being. And by the way, when kickoff happens, nobody will care. All forgotten. No doubt Everybody about it. Everybody will forget. Yep. It's football yep. time. Yes, exactly. We humanize things back like we're supposed to because that's what ESPN Day 2023 is all about. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. More next. 